Welcome to the Light on Being podcast. I am the host, Claire Zavko. The Light on Being podcast is dedicated to growth and transformation through conscious talks and conversation. It is time to remember our value, step into our wholeness, and live life fully. Join me monthly on every full moon for practical techniques, radical insight, and conversations with entrepreneurs, teachers, healers, and spiritual leaders. I'm excited. Let's get started. Today, we will have Kevin Walton joining us as we kick off season three of the Light on Being podcast. Kevin Walton is a spiritual guide, transformation specialist, and activational speaker. He has led thousands of students and initiates from all over the world on a journey within to access the greater capacity of themselves and live at that standard sustainably. He developed the facilitation of his own practice entitled Creatorhood, the art of living from truth, defined as comprehensive spiritual and life path that supports and directs the sustainable embodiment of full authentic expression through the process of establishing greater honesty with the self, increased presence and productivity, healthy relationship dynamics, inner and outer health and wellness, increased awareness, and enriched connection to the sacredness of all life. Kevin's work begins with the premise that everyone is naturally masterful, miraculous, powerful, and loving. Yet through very specific forms of conditioning, have chosen to live out of limiting beliefs, conflicting identities, and distortive behavior patterns that reveal clear misalignments within our natural state of being. His process is a journey to restore mental, physical, and emotional alignment with the unwavering nature of spirit to witness divine order restored in our fullest authentic expression of self. Additional hats that Kevin wears well are that of a writer, successful working actor, artist, and musician, producer, and more. Yet, Kevin has dedicated his life to use his position and contribution of developing a more unified and advanced society through enhancing greater self-awareness, inner clarity, emotional maturity, community development, and self-actualization in men, women, and children of all ages. He is the founder of the Light Beings Ministry, Light Beings Community, and a leader and pillar facilitator in the Sacred Sons Men's Organization and Movement. The contribution of Kevin's practice, guidance, and facilitation is offered through private sessions, expansion immersions, workshops, courses, seminars, and activational talks all serving the inspiration to live more open-hearted, purposeful, and passionate through the truth of everyone's unlimited creative potential. So before we speak with Kevin, let's just take a moment to tune in with a mindful minute. Wherever you are, just really take a moment to pause. Become still. Settle. And if you're not driving, I invite you to close your eyes and feel your feet beneath you, literally touching the earth, all four corners. Feel that connection to the solid earth. Notice your legs beneath you, whatever you are seated on or connected to and what it feels like, the texture, the consistency. Let the spine be long. Let the shoulders draw back. Allow the heart to lift. Notice if there's any chair back and what the support feels like. Soften the shoulders, soften the face. Completely let go of whatever has happened earlier today or has not happened earlier today. The only thing relevant now is your presence here. Take a slow breath in. 
slow breath out. Two more conscious breaths on your own. Allow your awareness to expand, to start to notice your environment. Hear all sounds, notice sounds close to you. Notice any sounds in the distance. Notice any scent, any smell in this moment. Swipe your tongue across the front of your teeth. Notice any taste in your mouth. Notice anyone in your space, the presence of anyone else, any pets. Even though your eyes are closed, notice what you're able to see. Or if the eyes are open, notice what you see. And notice the presence of any light. And when you're ready, gently open your eyes, come into this space. Today we have the honor, we have Kevin Walton with us today. And it's such a pleasure to have you and get into energy and get into creatorhood and all the amazing things that you're doing. So thank you for being the transformational leader and spiritual leader that you are. And I look forward to exploring with you today. As do I, thank you. I received that fully, I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you for having me, it's an honor to be here. Yes, you know, I've, I've been seeing your work for a while and you know, one of my favorite aspects is that the way you show up is in wholeness and truth. And, and just the way that you share, the way you build community, the programs you do, the teachings you share. And so I kind of want to dig into that, that how did you get to drawn to this type of work? How, how were you called to this path of, that you're, of how you're sharing now? Uh, you know, it really was an organic evolution for me where early on I, was, I would tap in these insights when I was younger, but didn't have any reference point for them, didn't know what was going on. And I was just like, eh, whatever, just living my life. And, uh, and then at 17 is when I consciously dove into, okay, whatever this is that I'm accessing, I want to know more. And, and that came through reading this book that my, my mom put me onto, which was Seth Speaks. And it was at that time, it was the first time I'd ever come across anything that was speaking to the degree of these things, like almost verbatim and, and multidimensionally al like aligned with what I was experiencing. And I was like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> and that, uh, and that really sparked uh, this, whatever I'm tapping into, I want to know more. I want to know what this is. And, uh, and so I went on a kind of my journey. And, and when I was in college, I, I would just tap into insights or I would explore concepts and I would, I felt so comfortable sharing them. And I would, you know, talk a lot about it. Obviously, it wasn't as fully received at that time in where I was at. Uh, well, because I was sharing and due to my, my willingness to explore and experiment with and test these things that I was tapping into, all kinds of different things are changing for me, transforming and tapping into different spaces and, and other people started noticing. And so I just would share all the time. I'd share with my friends, wherever I'm at, and, and I just loved it. And even when I was doing my music and, and I was rapping and songwriting, I would start to put things like that in, in the music. And little by little, I kind of started becoming an advisor almost to people with every people would hit me up and I was and start doing some one on ones. And at the time, too, I still want to do music, want to do acting. I, you know, through college, I was playing football and I was doing all these things. But this this pathway and this practice was like underlying everything. And so every year that passed with me willing to tap into more these like monumental decades and centuries and millennia of growth in short settings would would open up more of these insights and it would come flooding in and when I first started the light beings it was it was with everyone I had been doing one-on-ones with and just sharing with my friends 
everyone was always saying, I, I love talking to you about this stuff because I have no one else I can talk to. Everyone else thinks I'm crazy. My family thinks I'm crazy. My friends think I'm crazy. And to me, it all just made sense. So I, was, I just wanted to show people that they weren't crazy. You were just tapping into something. And I just, so I started doing these gatherings once a month to bring people together to explore. And while we were there and people would ask me questions, I just start sharing from these insights I was tapping into. And, and the intention was just for people to know that there was a space you could explore all of you without being judged. That was like the premise of why it started. And then, then from that, it actually started molding into a community and, and suddenly ideas came through it. And the one thing that landed for me was when everyone was started asking me personally, how I started making these shifts and changes and I had to really reflect on that. And I said, you know, how do I, like, how do I express this to you? How do I break down what it is? And that prompted me to actually start developing a practice of, of like a, a tangible, how do I take these concepts so that are so multidimensional and massive and break them down in ways that you can still be in that heart space connected, but understand how to consciously live it. And that's what de developed into creatorhood as a practice. And the more I continued with that, the more I started be, being called into spaces and the more I was, you know, being um, asked to share and teach and it literally, and all of a sudden where I was like, I'm going to be an actor and do this. It was like, I'm starting to do this more often and teach more often and guide more often. And, and this literally became the centralized space. But the calling was, you know, when, when the information built up really massively in me, I felt so much pressure and it felt like it was, massive like I had a vision of who I was going to step into and at that time that version of me I was like what that makes no sense to how I identify myself right now I don't even I was like ah doesn't make sense and it just felt heavy and I realized like a three years later I started noticing experiences I created that prompted me to step into spaces where suddenly it was just who I was it wasn't about this idea that I thought I had to work to be it was like this innate thing started coming through and then I was like, oh, and suddenly that pressure and the heaviness faded. And it was like, this is actually really dope. And then the, the information was just so massive that I, 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 that calling was, you have to share this. You have to put this out there. You got to do this. And that's what really prompted me. So then when I would be on set, I'd be sharing it. And, and you know, on shows, I'd share. And I would constantly prompt that. And, and then the course became, and then it was like, okay, you're clearly, you have a place in this. And that was like how the journey unfolded until it became the foundation of everything. And now, even though I still act and work and still love doing music and still musician and rap, but I haven't put an album out in a while. And just some of the other things I'm also involved in, this creatorhood, transformation, spirituality, like this is the unequivocal foundation of everything I do now. And it was, but I never saw this coming early on. Like I didn't think that this is what I would be doing. So it genuinely was like this unfolding in such a, healthy piece by piece organic embodiment keep opening and letting the information flow through way and it was such a really um original process of, of building and creating it too which was really really profound for me yeah. beautiful to see all those threads that yeah. as you shared now are the foundation of everything yeah 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 and with the light beans can you just share a little bit about that community and what the essence of the light beans is yeah, so my definition of a light being is someone who can witness every aspect of themselves and embrace it all in the love that they are. And then in that, they become a guiding space of awareness uh, and inspiration for remembering truth. And that's, that's kind of the way I broke down the definition of being a light being. And, and to me, that's what my journey felt like. So when I started doing this group together, I was, I was exploring, what do I call it? And that's just what came through as a light being. And when I started to think about the idea of that definition, that's what we, you know, we locked it in as. And the whole community is really that it's, it's, it's just a mass of people, you know, a society, a culture of people who truly want to uncover what it means to live your fullest authentic expression and are willing to see it in others and are willing to witness the evolution of humanity together. And that's the framework and what it, what it's built upon is creating a space where everyone can show up with everything they got. And all you're going to do is, is feel loved, genuinely re like received. If you're pissed off today, you bring that container, we'll show you how you work with it. It's like, no matter what you got, bring it. And we'll still remind you who you are, still encourage you to, to step into more, still hold you accountable when you're out of integrity and like really build that structure. 
And, and that's what, to me, what the Light Pink is about is a container. And now we've, it's evolved some. So it started out as a meeting group, evolved into a community where we would, you know, we'd go to festivals and teach and we'd create little villages. And we, you know, like we, we people would always, we'd come over and do potlucks. It was, it was really a dope vibe. And then I understood the importance of structure. And that's where I started to develop it into an actual organization. And so now it's, it's, as, it's a ministry with creatorhood as our spiritual practice and pathway. And, um, and we're molding a few other things, looking to get land and do all the next stages of it. But really in its truest essence, it is people and a container that honors all of life to be truly realized in truth, if you will. And then we just play with that in unlimited creative potential. <laughs> I yeah. love it. And these spaces are so, so needed. You know, and I, it can totally resonate. It reminds me just like of Lighthouse Yoga that we don't care what's going on, but just show up, just yes. come and show up. That's yes. all it takes. You, yes. you know, just show up. That's what we keep saying. Okay. Please just show up. Yeah. Yes. I love it. And I love that you call it Lighthouse. It's so dope. That's so dope. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it really describes what, what we do that you can come as you are. You can come going through it. You can come stuck in darkness but it's a lighthouse. So it's stable, it's there, and it brings light to whatever one needs light on and around. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that. So I'd love to dig in today to masculine and feminine energies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the conscious communities, we hear divine feminine and divine masculine. So how would you describe what these energies and aspects even are? Uh, the way I would describe it is, is that masculine and feminine are print are the principles of energy. So it's that it's the relationship of oneness, if you will, where inside of energy itself are these two principles that are operating it. So the, to me, when, when I like to break it down is the only reason energy does anything is this relationship inside of it. And so it really is the, so I, I call it sacred union for that purpose, that it really is the, the dynamic of how all life operates in, in, in harmony of itself as, as oneness. And the energy itself is always one energy, is always connected, even though we speak of it as two aspects, they're just, they're the two principles of, uh, of energy itself. And they are in everything that, and, and everything is a representation of them. So each, each principle of energy has a very specific set of qualities and the qualities are meant to operate together and instead of like against each other or counsel each other out, they're genuinely full in connection of, of support of the all functioning. And when we think of the nature of life in, in physical reality, uh, everything that even us being physically embodied. So if I'm physically embodied as my sex being male and you're physically embodied as your sex being female, that's still a representation of the qualities of energy, even though we, we still have both energies in us at all times our physical representation is that of, and for very specific reasons, based on how the energy operates. And then when you see how it all comes together, it's a, it's a really beautiful uh, dynamic. And to me, one thing I always love to, to touch on is this energy operates always in, in, in conjunction with itself, never separate. And you can either operate with it in a, in a misaligned way or an aligned way. And I often don't hear that distinction spoken of enough because there's a lot of where, where a lot of people identify the energies as it just being a certain way. When you realize that's, that's actually the misaligned version of it. it if it's, if it's in tune and, and aligned is operating a different way. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I love that, that dynamic of them playing off each other and working together. And as you say that, what is coming up is thinking of the sun and moon and just how they be, do this beautiful dance that we get to see every day. And the moon can't be what it is without the sun. The sun can't be at what it is without the moon. And they're just in this perfect cycle, but completely different, but together as one every single day we get to witness it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The concept of divine embodiment is, is really when you're living in the harmony of both energies, you know, in, in full in complete healthy flow, optimal flow within each embodiment. So like divine feminine would be a feminine archetype embodied human with their masculine and feminine aligned and divine masculine to me would be the a masculine embodied archetype and human with both energies aligned in those spaces uh, and realizing that relationship operating together all the time, all the time. Yes. Yeah. 
Well, and, and what seems like where you know some issues can arise is we have culturally, culturally, um, culturally, what yeah. is feminine and what is masculine, and they're totally different than what we're speaking of right now. You know, and we have what's been ingrained, we have been what we've been told, what we see in the media, and there's these different personas of what is recognized, honored, accepted as being feminine in our culture. And then what is recognized and honored and accepted for males and masculine energy in our culture. And it doesn't seem as in harmony as what you're sharing. So like, how, do, how does one reconcile all this stuff and, and move to more of this unity, harmony, state of oneness? Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It, you know, it all comes back to what's happening within us. The things that we talk about in life with self-acceptance and understanding how to do the work, it really is if when you start to play with the conscious awareness of mass and the feminine within that process, you realize their relationship. And one of the, the biggest things in our culture too, the misconception is we automatically identify feminine with women and masculine with men and think it's about that instead of, and, and when I teach this a lot in my classes, we have to first dispel that concept where I we're all say, we, you know, it's, it's, um, we're talking about the energy before you even get to the, the physical, you know, embodiment representation one way or the other, other. And when you recognize their relationship, I know when we work with men or when I'm working with women, it's the exploration of what aspects of you are masculine, what aspects of you are feminine, understanding that relationship and what you're doing in each. And for men, one of the biggest things, because we've had such a misconception about what strength meant and what it meant to be healthy and solid. And one of those is like, don't feel your emotions, shut all that down. Don't be vulnerable. I mean, that means you're weak and, and susceptible. And it's like, that was the furthest thing from the truth. And now that we're becoming more aware of it, that would be the essence of our feminine of understanding how to feel freely your emotions, how to let those, that energy in and, and process it and nurture it and honor it. And then with the masculine is where you take the energy and you move it in a direction with a purpose and knowing how that relationship goes. Cause it's, it's funny too, talking about the different qualities of each and, and, and cause some people go, well, yeah, but I've seen men do that too. And I go, that's men being their feminine. Like it's, it's, it's still this natural inclination of wanting to automatically say, you know, men and men and women, instead of the energy itself within us and knowing which is which and how you play with it. And, and it's uh, so it's interesting dispelling the old, culture, the old paradigm, the old conditioning process, and bringing in the, the clear essence of, of, uh, of truth with it. And it's what's really too profound and just beautiful too, is what happens in everyone when they, when they become aware of this and, and recognizing these aspects and how it also supports greater awareness of everyone outside of themselves too, which is really, really dope. Because it, it's genuinely an inside of every form of relationship, this, this yeah. energy, it's amazing. And, and as we've seen, you know, these last couple of years with the divine feminine energy rising and not feminine or females, but this divine feminine energy rising of nurturing and sharing and speaking what maybe hasn't been spoken before. Yeah. Um, how, how do you see that energy rising and how can we harness this such powerful divine feminine energy that wants to come out regardless? It's, it, there's two things in it. I, before I would go further into masculine and feminine, I used to always say that the next stage of human evolution is that we feel freely and that that happens in our feminine. And so the rise of divine feminine is where now we, we are, we are absolutely going to have to feel things we've been avoiding feeling for so long. We're going to, we're going to run from it and, and, and like all the things we've been running from, we have to face it. And, and the, the compassion aspect, the nurturing aspect and, and understanding the nature of power itself are all things that start to come to light with the divine feminine and the feminine essence of energy now arising. Uh, one thing I'm, I, I always continue to mention with that is understanding that the rise of divine feminine, because this was a huge, when, the, when that first really started becoming privy to everyone in a wider scale, there was a lot of insecurity around that, right? Like I would know things come up for men and, and things come up with the idea of masculine energy. And I would always tell people, you know, the rise of divine feminine isn't, isn't the fall of, divine masculine it's 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 the rise so that everything can start to come back into harmony and flow because we've been through that process in different civilizations where it's like it's a matriarchy it's a patriarchy it's a man women this that and it's like this stage of evolution the rise of my feminine is the recognition of the togetherness you know when i hear because i'll see those promos around when they when people say the future is feminine and i would say well the future is 
together. Like the future is literally the harmony of all of it. Yet based on the judgment and the avoidance and the suppression of the feminine energy, it is absolutely necessary that it must come, come through. It must come to light. And, and we, initially as all things do, when they're initially bottled up, there's like an explosion of energy first. And then after that explosion, we find that, that um, homeostasis of, of connection. And I feel like that aspect for, is so important. And it's also why the, the men in the world are struggling the most because they've been the ones furthest from the idea of feeling freely. And so the dropout rate increased as the divine feminine rise and the suicide rate increased. So, and, and, and the, the reason for that, in my opinion, is because they're feeling so much more without the proper guidance and support of how to navigate that because they don't feel like they can talk to women or men about it. And that was a huge struggle for us all, all as men growing up. And I feel like now the rise of my feminine, when it's recognized in truth is a, the softness that's asking to come through, but not at the expense of our aggression or assertiveness. It's the, the piece that says you can use them together. You can use this wholly and, and to be more open to allowing energy to flow through. Cause also, you know, the receiving and, and surrender is, the, is, is also feminine aspects of the energy. And so it's also the surrender of allowing the stuff to come through and the receiving of your true essence, the wisdom that's in there, the, the substance that's in there, the power and dynamism that's in there as life force energy is it's that that's the pathway to it is through the feminine because it's a it's a surrender into how you naturally exist beyond all the limiting beliefs and stories that we thought we were less than and separate and all of that it's it's it happens in that letting go of and, and opening up to uh, that allows that. And, and then if we can really embrace that wholeheartedly, now the masculine in us knows what to do with that energy in a direction more purposeful, more in synergy, more in connection. And that, that brings more of the relationship to life in all of us. And then we build upon it outside of us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I love how you, the way you describe it, feeling freely, you know, and, and I remember personally growing up playing many, many sports, the, what I was told by coaches often when something was happening is they'd say, you know, are you bleeding or is it broken? Okay, no, go back in, you know, and we weren't really allowed to feel like whatever we were feeling and it was just faster, harder, stronger. And when yeah. we did that again, we were rewarded for that. And that was in female sports. And mm -hmm. so I can only imagine how that was perpetuated in male sports as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, knowing that's where ultimately it's our natural state and where we're going, how do we really get through such th this barrier that's ingrained Yeah. to not feel, you know, yeah. <laughs> and to yeah. avoid feeling and be numb and hide it and avoid it. Yeah. And I, I feel like more, more containers are now being established to, allow people not just allow people celebrate people feeling it but not in a way that would that would perpetuate them saying oh if i act emotional and dramatic i get attention because you have to catch that misalignment too but really the liberation of you know because one of the things we do in our in our groups um whether it was one of our gatherings or when i'm doing private sessions or when i teach the the creative course is if things come up for people and say they start to cry you know the natural inclination is people start to do this and they go in and I always, I always grab their hands and I put them down and I go, be seen, stay open here. And then they're just crying and you can see them in the hole, but it's like, be, let your heart be open as you feel that. And it creates a different orientation of, of what it means to feel your emotions. And all of a sudden it's like, you can be seen in it and no one thinks you're wrong. And if they like, if they, if tears start to come and it's not supposed to come, they go reach for a tissue and I have the tissue away and I go, be messy. Like, like be like, get you, be raw, have this moment, you know, like we'll, we'll clean it all up after, like have this moment. And sometimes I'm hoping they're crying and snot all over my shirt. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I fucking love it. You're fine. Like it's, you know, it's like you, you get everyone to know just how safe it is to really be in your anger, be in your sadness, be in your guilt and, and know how to actually honor the energy, integrate and process it and then use it because it, it also, one of the things that we do with the container of that is also the shifting of perspective that there's even such a thing as positive and negative emotions. Cause there's not, there's no, no emotion is negative or positive. They, they're just emotions. They're just awesome, 
offerings and conduits of, of energy that feeling is channeled through. And when you know how to receive them in their gateway form is what we call it, you can access it and transmute it into its mature form, which is the natural way it's designed to be. But every time we have a judgment about it or we suppress it or we run from it, you're, you're bottling up all this energy that's naturally designed to be used to create, which is why it will manifest in sickness and other things when we don't. And so it's, it's me creating spaces where people are celebrated in it, offering a perspective shift that there's, there's no, no such thing as a bad emotion and a negative emotion and allowing people to feel it and to just and not cater to them, not take it away and not, um, and not disregard it all three, like let go of those, embrace it, celebrate it and hold space for it. And, and even when you're guiding, like with my son, I do this where he, even if he's frustrated with something because maybe he has to finish his work or he waited last minute of, you know, doing something. And, or if he's, if I, when I started to get him to explore his capability of his body, when he started doing martial arts, it's like, you're now going to start training your body more. So when it starts to get tough, you may want to quit. I was like, but if you're telling me you want to do this, I will hold you to that. And he's like, I want to do it. Dope. So then when he starts to feel frustrated and he cries, instead of going like, suck it up and go forward, I understand why he's crying. I just go feel that for a minute. I take your moment and then he'll cry and, and I go have this and then we'll get back to it instead of like, suck it up. And instead of, okay, we'll stop. It's, it is okay to be where you are and you're still going to honor your commitment. And we, and when we, when we judge it one way or another, right, we're like, well, I don't want to be mean or or we go just get over it both of those are disregarding of the information you want which is be where you are and then use it with a purpose and that's literally the relationship of masculine and feminine energy and and so it's um creating spaces like that greater guidance on those insights and and really honoring the importance of vulnerability intimacy and feeling these things consistently dedicated applied more often will will catapult the evolution of humanity in such a really beautiful way oh yeah that's so powerful like with the example with your son to just feel it you know and i remember reading somewhere um where an emotion if you just really let an emotion do do its emotion that it will last 90 seconds Legit. but what happens is we're like ah we're uncomfortable let me push it down and then it can last days, years, <laughs> lifetimes, exactly. but it's like, just feel it, feel freely, like you're, you're alluding to. And the one thing um, I often see that tends to be with females is in those moments when the emotions rising or the crying's arising in a group type scenario, the first thing that's said is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, exactly. you know, or, oh, I don't want to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to go there. And there's, there's this apologizing for feeling whatever they're experiencing that moment. That comes yeah. up a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Let's say that too. The same, the same way I see people hide, they're like, sorry. And we go, and it's, and like, we're, we're very adamant in the light beings about it. So they're like, for what? Like, yeah. like we, we make it really big, our response to that. So that they're like, oh yeah, I don't have to apologize for this. You know, it's like, it's so, I, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because we do say it all the time. It's, and I always tell people, because people ask me when, we, when it comes to creatorhood, they're like, like what stops people from being so disregarding to people? And I go, well, well there has to be something to check us for, for all things, right? Accountability with our choices. And I always tell people, I say, you, you, in order to live in integrity with this kind of process, especially when it's like honor where you are and step forward or in your creating your reality, you're creating these experiences, how to honor that is to know that you can apologize for be out of integrity. Just, you don't have to apologize for existing. So when someone's like, oh, I'm sorry, it's like, don't, nothing about what you're doing is, is like, is, is, is awful for you to apologize for. It's like, and so, so knowing the difference of how to just allow yourself to be you and then how to own up to yourself when you feel like you're out of integrity with things and that distinction. But it's so important because that, yeah, that, that immediate space of like, you're doing something wrong or you're messing something up for people or like, you know, because that would happen a lot in the light beings where, some people would, would hit me up and they would say, you know, I wanted to come tonight, but I was just going through such a rough time. But I didn't want to bring that energy to the, to the circle. And I'm like, we need it. Bring it. This. Yeah. <laughs> like this is, that's literally why we're here. You know? So it's, it's like, whatever you got, bring it in. Because we also understand the nature of, because I think this is also something that perpetuates that same narrative around emotions 
is the misconception about being an empath and that narrative where people think that they take on other people's energy or are affected by other people's energy and therefore think that if they bring their energy to containers, they'll also disrupt it. When in truth, we don't ever take on people's energy. We're always recognizing where we are, whether we're in command of it or not in relation to what we see. So being an empath just means you're open to feeling. That's literally what it, what it means. So if you walk into a room and you're like, I feel like these people over here are angry. How do you know that? Because I can feel the resonance of where the anger in me can connect. Now, if I'm still at peace while witnessing the anger, that means I'm also at peace with my anger. Therefore, I'm, I'm in a centered, peaceful space. Bring your anger here. But if someone's in their anger and I start to feel anger in me, the misconception is that we take that anger on and we don't. It's the reflection of and feeling that in the field and where we are not at peace with it in us that now comes alive in our awareness to address, but it's actually our energy now that we have to deal with because we're all connected through energy. Like this isn't, no one's separate from the field ever. So it's not like when people go, I got to protect my energy. You're in this, whether you, like you're literally in the midst of oneness, whether you like it or not. And when you feel like you have to protect yourself, that's literally the same thing people do. And whether now it's just spiritual language, same reason why people take medication to block out stuff. So when we think we have to protect our energy, that's actually, that's actually weakening our emotional development because we aren't taking time to actually process what we're feeling and know how to command it and use it that then when we show up in spaces or have those conversations or things are chaotic, we can be the centered light of command and peace if we let ourselves feel what we're feeling in those moments instead of thinking it's something outside of us doing something to us and then never address why we felt that way in the first place about it. You know, so, so it's like the, the intrinsic process of emotional development into emotional maturity is, is across the board, but is so overlooked in so many different ways that people don't even make the connection a lot of the times, which is so interesting in that space. Yeah, that, that's so powerful. It's, it's making me think how, you know, when we, when we work through something that triggers us and now we're in a same environment of something that used to trigger us, well, it doesn't anymore because we've, we've worked through it. Yeah, you don't and kind of like with yeah. what you're sharing, then it's like, well, if we're at peace within with that emotional state, it can be happening in our space and it doesn't, it doesn't take away our peace or it doesn't take away our intercenter. At all, yep. Yeah, wow, so powerful. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, some of the pictures that you've posted that really just, I can feel so much just looking at the pictures is, I believe you're usually in Joshua Tree when you do some work out there with men and it looks like a lot of men and, and the men are looking at each other eye to eye or the men are in circles. And I mean, I can just feel all the energy of how powerful that is related mm -hmm. to divine masculine energy. Mm -hmm. um, so can you just share a little bit about that and and what... Uh, type of work you're doing related to energy and balancing there. Yeah, for sure. So we do it at this, it's actually in um, this spot that's south, southwest, southeast, no, southeast. So yeah, it's a little, it's a spot that's just outside of San Diego called Liberty Arising near Hakumba, California, right on the edge of California, Mexico border. And uh, we do, so at this center, which is just an amazing space that's run by amazing humans, uh, beings that pretending to be human. So yeah, but what we do there as a unit is the whole sacred sun's movement and what we're building is a space where men truly feel what it, what it means to be supported, seen, encouraged, uh, challenged, and just celebrated by other men. And, and in a depth that remembers to keep spirituality at a forefront foundational part of it, which is why the sacredness is, is so big to us. And what we do in those events is really that it's, we take men through a journey of different, tapping into different abilities, different insights, and then different processes with masculine and feminine energy within us to know what it means to really be held and really unleash and really let go and let all, all that you got come out and if it, if it comes out in a cry, it comes out in a cry. If it comes out in silence, you just being held by men and letting go. You don't have to let anything work in this moment. It's that. If it means you got to rage out everything that you, all the frustrations you never knew what to do with, that's what it is. And we create the containers that can hold it no matter how big it is. And it, and it starts this realization for men that you really are supported. You really are not alone. And you really are free to show up as with what, with what you have. 
And what I, with me involved, I bring that creatorhood, you know, teaching as, a, as a, another foundational piece to it uh, so that the components of understanding reality creation and internal cause external effect and emotions and consciousness are, are right in, in line with just the processing of, um, of our journey of life and things that we felt pain around and things we had to work through. And so being able to have men come and be seen and not hide to see another man in their eyes and be held by another man, wrestle with another man where we, we get them to realize that what, what healthy competition is like and cooperation instead of the idea of thinking it has to be one of us has to win, lose and die. And, you know, it goes in, it's actually, we can compete with each other and have fun doing it and laugh about it. You can feel aggression and it's actually a healthy thing. What, what makes aggression unhealthy is when it's suppressed, then it becomes distorted, you know, re reactions, which are violence. Like, you know, things that are, that people think that automatically that aggression is misaligned and it's not, it's actually a very healthy thing and very important to creativity, but it's, that's kind of what we create there in Sacred Sons for Men is, is the intention is that, that you are not alone, that it is time for men to feel connection and to really be held in it and encouraged to know you have more to offer the world. And that's what we create as a family, as an organization, and what we've created as virtual spaces. And now, you know, we create a foundation for people to donate, to sponsor um, people to come to our events. Start, we started a youth mentoring program through the foundation to start creating more rites of passage for young boys to, to grow and have a tangible process of maturing in their own, you know, manhood, uh, because that's something we also haven't had much of, you know, growing up anymore. So those are, those are the components that we have in it, but the, the, and bringing it all back to, to the sacred life as sacred, you as sacred and, and seeing the sacred in it all. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. From, I can tell from the pictures, the work being done with sacred sons is, so powerful and healing for not only who's there, but it's definitely whoever sees those pictures is inspired that it's possible that this kind of man can show up, this kind of man, this kind of energy can be embraced, cherished, acknowledged. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Well, it's an honor. Thank you for seeing us in that. Deeply, deeply honored for that and humbled by it. Yeah. And one other way I kind of look at these two energies is I look at the masculine as more the doing aspect and the feminine energy more as the being aspect. And so growing up, um, I did a lot and doing was, was natural for me. And there was definitely masculine energy that I could just accomplish whatever I wanted to accomplish if I really set my mind to it. That, that wasn't a problem. But yeah. I'd say an imbalance arose as I look back in hindsight where what I was again taught and acknowledged for was doing things with force and yep. with control, yep. you know, and like making things happen. Yep. So even in the spiritual circles, like there's always this talk of like manifesting, but it's like how much of it is really manifesting compared to being in alignment with what is being co-created by the field and by mm -hmm. all, you know, so looking at masculine and the divine masculine, how does that doing energy express itself when it's in harmony? Yeah, beautiful question, I love it. Yeah, you know, one, one note so that everyone is aware of the transition of this, uh, it's, life can be so effortless and, 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 and simple and, and it actually everything is designed to be that way. When it feels forceful, something is off. And yet we grew up with that, right? Like, cause I used to have that, I literally had this printed out on my wall in college when I was playing football, all the things I did. And it was the phrase that pays, the, the belief I held, anything worth having doesn't come easy. That literally was a phrase I wrote. And then as I started growing this, I was like, wow, I used to function that way. What we now realize, especially when it comes to restoring divine order, is that when you recognize how to be, the doing is the automatic side effect of that beingness. And so that means that in the beingness, you're housing more life force energy according to whatever identity you're being. And, and it's an inverse ratio. I, I always tell people that my definition of power is that power is life force energy. That's what power is. So you're never without it and no one ever takes it from you. It's literally just you and you're either embodying being a more expansive container of it or a more, more constricted container of it. But that's literally contingent on our consciousness, not somebody else. So when you now recognize being is where you, you start, 
you can you can step into a space of accessing more life force energy which means you walk with more energy rippling out in vaster measure in more amplified capacity then the field responds to that energy because that's literally where we're creating from in the first place whether you can do whatever you want if it's an arduous journey it's because you're operating with less life force energy and that's the ratio more life force energy embodied less effort is taken for results less uh, energy embodied, more effort is necessary for results. And so when we all had to do, 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 I'll make it happen one way or another, that's actually, it ends up being an unhealthy thing. Your body starts to break down, more stress happens. But when you're, in, when you're full, then all of a sudden clarity of what to do. And, the, and it's like magnified. You make one step and the exponential growth of one step is far vaster than I got to take 10 steps to get one taste of and that, that changed everything for me in my life. When I tapped into that and suddenly I was manifesting things at will and I was like, what is, what, what's happening? Like, what did I, and I realized that I no longer defined myself or anything about my life on things outside of me. And then my life started becoming inversely related like that, where it was, I did what felt most aligned. And that's what I came to find out is how you make decisions from love or fear is that every time you make a decision from the inspiration in you, you're making it from the beingness. And then the actions flow from that, which makes it a more healthy, sustainable alignment. And you could, from there, you could do all kinds of stuff and you'll never feel drained or tired or taken advantage of. You'll, you'll be just, you'll, you'll rock with it. Like, oh, life is beautiful. And then you'll, you'll rest when you choose to rest. You'll wake up when you choose to wake up and you'll, and you'll flow with it. But it's coming from a recognition of embodiment. Whereas if it's not, and you make decisions based on things outside of you, those are decisions made from fear. And they're coming from a space where you already feel like you're less. And then you're perpetuating the narrative because it's like, because receiving is literally automatic because giving and receiving, it's like the relationship of mass and feminine energy is automatic. It's happening all the time. And when you're embodied, everything you do and give is a reflection of what's there. And then you receive more with that and it becomes this expansion. Um, so that recognizing that everything can actually be more effortless. And when it's more effortless, you know you're more in alignment with truth. And when it's forceful, something is off and must be addressed. And that's uh, such an important awareness. And what I found, I, I used to wonder what made that so important, like anything with happiness come easy. And I realized when you're living from the outside in, what gives value is the, the, like the pain and the suffering towards something. And then, and then it to us, to us it's worth it. But if you're just given it and you're based on side, there's no defining factor to make it mean something. But when you actually operate from the beingness, you see the value in everything, the gratitude in everything, the sameness in everything. And therefore the, the degree of, of what's necessary for that to be there is no longer, it doesn't have to be so intense because you're just like, you're in loving life. And even if I'm gifted something, instead of being like, well, I didn't earn it. So it means nothing. I go, how fucking beautiful, you know, like this is amazing. And, and that, that is actually what changes the game for that. Now, all of a sudden you realize the value is you, whether you, whether it's outside of you or not, like the things you have or what you do, you still matter. If you still matter, then you're the value, not anything else. And that's, that's the change of it all. And for me that all of a sudden my life became, if I feel like I'm bumping up against the wall, I don't have to force it. I just make an adjustment. And then every, all the energy flows accordingly. And it's, it's such a missing piece for our lives because we're so used to, until we tap more into that awakened state, we're so used to defining things by physical reality and think that's all there is. And then we play the part to that instead of realizing if you start with your consciousness, you can dictate things before they even become a flicker of physical manifestation. And now the game has completely changed. And yeah, so I'm so glad you asked that. It's instead of you got to do to be, it's be and let the doing flow naturally. You know, and it's it's really cool. It, it's one of our processes for the empowerment method of manifestation of we, we go through the, the questions differently and, and of like who, what, where, when, why we go what, who, why, when, uh, how, so that you what is the sense of direction. The who is what version of you lives that so that we understand who you're asking yourself to be and live because that's actually how manifestation works, right? It's not the law of attraction where you're bringing stuff outside of you to this version of you. It's your stepping into the version of you that lives that life sustainably, if it's going to be sustainable. Otherwise, it's just like, it's, it's the same thing that happens when people win the lottery with a poverty mindset, their whole life falls apart. 
right? Where someone that is, has an abundant mindset, if they were in the lottery, everything gets used with purpose and all of a sudden they thrive. And that's the same thing with manifestation. If you can generate energy enough to achieve something, that it won't be sustainable. You won't feel fulfilled if it's not coming from that space of, from the inside out where you're actually embodied in the living of it. So yeah, it's so important. That insight literally changed everything for me. Yes, like a great reminder. It's the beingness, the beans, the foundation. Yeah. Every Wonderful. Time. Yeah. So if anyone seeks to learn more about your work or work with you, what is the best way to reach out or connect or um, learn about your work? Uh, so I'm out of all the social medias, I'm more active on Instagram. So everyone can follow me uh, at source radiance on Instagram and uh, the light beings at the light beings on Instagram. On my Instagram, there's a link where you can uh, go to my website. You can um, go to the landing page for creatorhood to see when the next ones are to register. Uh, my emails on there is that people can email me to connect or go straight to my website, which is either unlimitedcreativepotential.com or sourceratings.com and sign up on my mailing list so you can get more info of what's coming. I'm updating a bunch of stuff on the website because it's a little bit behind now for how fast things have moved and advanced and evolved. Uh, but those are probably the best ways. We also have a Light Beings uh, community network on Mighty Networks that we're building up now as we update the Light Beings website. And that's members lightbeamscommunity.org and and uh, I would like I'm inviting everyone to get on that space now uh, so they can be involved in, a, in having a virtual space so more people around the globe can get involved with what we're doing while we also start to build up the uh, the physical events again as we shift through this narrative with COVID and everything so but those are all the ways y'all can reach out and uh, the source radio YouTube too if you want to see some yes, stuff highly recommended a, a very inspirational page with truth and reminders thank you for that it's an yeah. honor so thank you so much, Kevin, today. I appreciate, again, your time, wisdom, energy. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so grateful. And thank you for the work you're doing. We'll keep, uh, keep shining our lights out there. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Light on Being podcast. Like all things in time, this is an evolving living thing as we discover our wholeness and light together. I'm excited that you're along for the journey and I would love to connect with you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at lightonbeing. Send me a message with any comments or questions, and they may be addressed on an upcoming episode. If you enjoyed today's podcast, the highest compliment that one can give is to share the episode with a friend or leave a review. Make sure to look up at the full moon and see her bright, radiant light. She is fully being.